Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today is all about case studies. Kasim Aslam, real-world stuff. Us applying the tactics that you've probably heard here many times of perpetual traffic for actual customer accounts and getting great results. And so we're going to be going through that here today and sort of a mini series of case studies. Kasa, I'm pretty excited about this mini series. How the hell are you, by the way? I'm good. And I, you know, I like to point out to folks that we actually do this stuff on yeah. literally a daily basis. It's not just sitting around pontificating. Like there's real work going on in the background. True. Very true. And so much so that feel that this podcast, which is a great way in which to tell people about this, we also started our own podcast, which is in iTunes and YouTube channel. And that show is called the Customer Acquisition Show, because that is what we do, Custom. We acquire customers for our clients and enhance their lifetime value. That's what we do. Traffic is one component of that. It's not just ad buying anymore. Mm. It's the whole kit and caboodle. It's the whole thing. It's after the click. It's all the different media platforms. It's looking at the offer. It's everything. And, Can I say something uh, that's going to get me in trouble, Ralph? Yeah. I think traffic is the least important part of all of it. <laughs> I do. I think it's a good thing we named the show that way, right? Well, that's the problem is traffic, like the machines won. And I'm not saying running traffic is easy. That's not what I'm saying. But running traffic is all the other things that built around pressing the button and running the traffic. Mm. And so I think the things that you're saying as far as customer acquisition, it just tends to be more expansive. So I'm super excited to tune in, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And not to be lost in all this is all the stuff that you're doing over on your YouTube channel. If you want to stay cutting edge on Google ads. Like I know our Google ads team watches your stuff. Everybody should watch everybody else's stuff, I think. Right. You, you can learn from everyone, but the show that you do with John Moran on a regular basis, I love John, you know, it's just, is tremendous. So check that out, the Solutions 8 YouTube channel, and also check out the Customer Acquisition Show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So before we get into our case study, Kasim, do you have a nugget for us? Well, to say that it's mine would be, some might call it lying, but I have a stolen nugget from a buddy of mine. It's freaking brilliant. His name's Sunit. And Sunit is, I think he's the highest performing realtor and realty trainer in Northern California. Super brilliant guy, immense money. He does this thing. I, I heard him uh, on a talk, actually. There's a, a link to this video that I'll share in the show notes. And it's freaking brilliant. When he's trying to create content, he finds a competitor that's got a video on the exact same topic. 
And he takes that video and he puts it through like Otter or one of the transcription services. And then he takes the transcription and he puts it through Jarvis, which is, it's the AI copy mechanism that takes whatever it is that you say and just rewrites it better or differently. So you end up with the same content, but now it's, you're no longer plagiarizing. Mm -hmm. And now he has whatever you want to use it. He has a video script and he has a blog and he has snippets. And the other thing that he does that I think is really smart that I never would have considered because I'm not as adept with AI copies as I should be. He'll take a Jarvis script and he'll put that same Jarvis script back through Jarvis. Hmm, And it's the fun little things that you see when they translate it into Aramaic and out of Aramaic, like it changes, but it still, it maintains its essence. And he'll do that a few different times for like Reddit or Quora or, or whatever. And it's just the smartest, sneakiest way I've ever heard of anybody coming up with content because ideation is the hardest part of content creation. So you go steal somebody else's idea, right? you transcribe it, and then you put it through Jarvis and suddenly it's a perfectly unique idea that you can now take and run with. So I thought that was brilliant. And I've got a link to the video where he explains how he does that in greater detail. And I'll include that in the show notes. Literally, you could create, and just so we're clear, the the tool used to be called Jarvis. It's now called Jasper.ai. Oh, you're right. Did they get sued by Marvel? Is that what happened? I think they did, actually. I think that was the rumor. But yeah, it's a tremendous tool. It's a tool that we use as well. But literally, you could with this. And I'm, my guess is that somebody else aside from your friend has figured this out because it's so obvious in so many different ways. Because if you haven't checked out Jasper, like it is really freaking cool. But we don't use it all it's the time. But we use how it. good it is. It's terrifying how good it is. Yeah. And literally like how you want, like, you know, I want to create a blog post that sounds like Joe Rogan in Joe Rogan's voice or sounds like Elon Musk or whatever it happens, like put it in, like it knows. And then it'll create, literally you could create thousands of variations of the same content using Jasper. Just by and putting in slightly the different level of education, right? You can be like, hey, spruce yeah. this up, triple PhD, drop it down to seventh grade. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy cool. Super interesting. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll leave links to that in the show notes here for sure. We're going to be getting into our case study number one here. Stick around right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com 
forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back. We're going to get into our case study here, Casa, which is part of our series of case studies, which I love case studies because it's the application of knowledge with, you see the trial and error all the way through it. And whenever I do a case study, whenever I do a presentation, or I try and show this to our team. I actually show the parts where we didn't succeed <laughs> as a part of the process all the way to when we do succeed. Now, depending mm. on how long the talk is, obviously, you can only go so far there. But it's like in this case study and some of the other ones, we'll actually show you like we tried this and we tried lots of other things. You know, obviously, in one case study, you can't go into all the different iterations of things that you do because as advertisers, like I told my team last week in our monthly call, it's like there is a lot of failure in our job, especially when it comes to coming up with creative that works, copy that works, messaging that works. And at the end of the day, direct response and performance marketing is really hard. And turning people who have no idea who you are into lifelong customers is a real challenge. And there's a lot of failure that goes along with that. And the analogy was made that if you're a 300 hitter, which is basically the Hall of Fame in baseball, of course, you're a huge baseball fan being out in Arizona. Um, I know you're not. I mean, that's a really good percentage. Like if you hit the ball, like if you're getting hit 30% of the time in advertising, a direct response advertising, you're actually doing really well. Dude, you're crushing life. What I wouldn't give, dear God. Yeah. It's good for you to like, to hear because I think there is an element of, oh, okay, Performance Max has taken that and made the percentages so much higher because it's really, it's not you that's doing all the work. It's the AI doing the work. Mm. But I tend to disagree with that. There's so much work degree. you have to do to let the AI do the work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like here, like I'm pressing one button and boom, right. all of a sudden I grow my business. It's just not that simple. Yeah. So Someday. I think there's a one day it might be, but yeah. you still need. To, do you know Jason people. Fladlin, the webinar guy? Sure. Brilliant guy. He's one of the smartest people I've ever heard speak. He's a great speaker. Dude, he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening to this, if you have the opportunity to ever go see Jason speak, go do it because it's a masterclass and just controlling the stage. He's awesome. He said something that I really respected, though that I thought took a lot of humility to say, he said that there's a a paradox to success in that people think he's, because he's the webinar guy, when somebody hires him for a webinar, they just assume it's going to be a 5,000 X return because they've heard about like the $60 million launch he did for the crypto company or whatever. But he goes, that's one in a hundred. You don't see the other 99 webinars that either fell flat or did okay. And he's the webinar guy because he does do hundreds and thousands of webinars. And ultimately he will have the $60 million case study, but he also... 99% of the time, it's somewhere between failed and mediocre. And when you accept that reality, it makes you a better marketer because now you're just here to bide your time because you know you're going to get those great big swings and hit it out of the park. If you do get a 300% roll as well, that's good. I'll do that again. I'll take another one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to hear that from him because we would always sort of joke with Molly, like when she was in the show, it's like her, her average is like 400 
when it comes mm. to ads. Like she's just really good at ads and our average is somewhere between 200 and 300, like as far as like, using the baseball analogy. But even so, you're still missing six out of 10 times. Like that's right. otherworldly. Ted Williams, I think in whatever it was, 19 uh, sometime was the last <laughs> one to actually hit 400 in a year, 404, I believe. And it hasn't happened since, but still he was not getting a hit six out of 10 times, which is still a fair amount of failure. And I think direct response advertising is really is no different. So embrace your failings because actually all you're really doing is just figuring out more ways that don't work that ultimately lead to the path that does work. So in this case study here, we'll talk about some of the things that we did, but this is a business where they help directors, VPs, executives, and seasoned pros land their dream job and get the money that they deserve in the marketplace. So this is a service-based business, but also has an element of coaching to it. They help people through a coaching program. So course creators, any digital marketers out there, information peddlers, God bless you. This is definitely a case study for you and a really great business here. And these guys really do great work. And the case studies that they have on their successes are just tremendous. This is absolutely the type of customer that we love working with. So what we were able to do for them, the big promise, the big part of this is that they want booked calls. And it's typically it's off the old Jason Fladlin webinar model. That's they have that or they have a couple of front end offers, diversified way in which to pull in cold traffic, people who don't know who you are, and ultimately indoctrinate them into your brand and ultimately convert. So their big goal is to get these booked calls for their sales team and be able to get those booked calls at a lower price. And then it's a result of that increased revenue. So that's their whole business model. So we were able to increase their book calls in like a three-month span. This is really short. 230%, their cost per book call dropped by half, and their revenue doubled. They're now spending about $100,000 a month on advertising through us, and the business just continues to scale and grow. And basically what we did is we did a bunch of different changes. It wasn't like one thing that really led to it. It was a lot of small changes and a lot of things that didn't work that ultimately came together to really continue to, to scale and grow this business. All We did all this in, in a matter of three months, and now we'll probably be able to come back on in another three months here and actually talk about how we were, we were able to scale it even more. So what they wanted is they wanted the goal was at least 20 book calls per week at a cost per book call of less than 200 bucks. So when they came to us, they had about a, a cost per book call about 300. And at one point, they had a $100 cost per book call, but which really works for their business. Like that's the ultimate because their sales team is actually really good. They warm up the prospect, but three, $400 per book call is just absolutely not working for them from a customer acquisition standpoint. They didn't have much educational content, we noticed. And a lot of the stuff in the, inside the ad account when we took over was kind of all over the place. There wasn't really a, a real methodology to how they structured things. So we implemented what we refer to as the traffic harmonizer, which is in essence separating out levels of traffic. A lot of people call this the e-com ad amplifier, or the ad amplifier, where we basically, we separate out level 
level one through level five traffic. And in this case, having different messaging based upon where the prospect is in their customer acquisition path or their customer journey, more commonly referred to in digital marketer. So that was one of the things that we could see right off the bat that needed some help. So we installed this traffic harmonizer system and started to separate out the levels of traffic with different messaging based upon where they are. So for example, there was a webinar registration, there's a lead magnet, somebody who maybe clicks on the webinar page, but doesn't sign up. Well, that's what we refer to as level two traffic. So we would then have retargeting ads that would go back to that group and then prompt them to make sure that they do register or maybe hit them with a different lead magnet or something on the front end. Once somebody attended the webinar, we actually went through it, then we refer to that as level three traffic. That level three traffic now has a very different message potentially. I've now watched part of the webinar. Maybe now it's time for us to hit them with some ads that remind them of what they watched on the webinar and also prompt them to book a call if they hadn't booked a call. And then level four is booking a call. So at the end of that webinar, there was a call to action to click a button and then go over and book a call with their sales team. And there's a couple of different variations of that with a form and an application and a bunch of other sorts of things. So that was what we refer to as level four traffic, which it's almost like they're adding stuff to the cart and they haven't quite bought yet but it's a very strong buying signal. Today, I was on my Amazon app shopping for, I don't know, my son's birthday is coming up and obviously Christmas. And I just added a bunch of stuff to cart. And I don't think I actually went through with the transaction. So it's sitting there on my phone, but I am like so close to buying it. Of course, I'm going to buy it. (laughs) But the point is, is think about that. Where in your pathway of your customer acquisition path are people right on the brink of buying? And if you're e-commerce, it's typically it's add to cart. Here, it's booked call, maybe didn't attend the book call, or went to the book call page and then decided otherwise and decided not to book that call. At every level of traffic, we installed ways in which to retarget with very specific messaging uh, on where they are in that journey. So for example, if somebody went to the book call page and didn't book a call, we would probably show that group an ad that says, hey, now's your chance to book a call, some kind of call to action, some kind of level of urgency. There's only three days left in our sale, something like that. Or, hey, you added this to cart. We're still around. If you're an e-commerce company, making your messaging really equal like where they are in the journey. And that's sort of the whole premise behind the traffic harmonizer. So each level has its own separate messaging. And what we find, Kasim, is when we take over an ad account, usually there's one ad with one message to all levels of traffic. And although there is an AI algorithm and this dynamic creative, which is now allowing us to be able to do this a little bit differently, that's typically an easy win for us when we come into an ad account by separating out the levels of traffic based upon where they are in the journey. And mm-hmm. every business is different. So there's going to be different messaging, but there's templates that we use for each level that we've known to work. And based upon the fact that we spend over $100 million a year on paid social, we kind of know what works at each level because human psychology really isn't all that different. We just have to tailor it to the specific service or product or whatever it happens to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I wanted to insert one thing that we found with remarketing specifically. The most powerful message we've seen across almost every industry is a testimonial video, case study video, 
yeah. from the end customer. And I actually have no doubt that you guys are using that, but I just want to say that to our listeners. If you're not sure what to do from a remarketing perspective, if somebody has abandoned cart or they jump ship or they haven't booked their call, go put some testimonial videos in front of them. And they're easy to get, by the way. Don't make it a great big production value thing. Um, just go hook a Zoom call with a couple of happy clients and ask them, what about this worked for you? And Ralph, I see that you've, you've already got that in place, it looks like. So I'm probably <laughs> jumping the gun. Forgive me. Paul, it's worth mentioning, and it's worth mentioning probably a few times through this case study, is that we absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. I think one of the things in putting together a presentation that uh, we'll be doing early next year is one of the big things that we're really seeing now is creator content just absolutely being king. And a part of that is you get your creators to be your customers. Mm. Like everyone talks about the creator economy. Yes, you can go out and do that. We'll have a case study on a specifically creator creative that we used in order to really just hit the ball out of the park with using the baseball analogy again with a, with a money sending app. We'll be talking about that in future episodes, but it was the creator content that got them over the, to the next step to double, triple, quadruple their business. The creative in this case study actually has what we refer to as the testimonial mashup, which is just the juiciest, best parts of some of their customers. And we'll actually talking about how great the service is and how it's changed their lives. So we'll get to that in the case study here, but I completely agree. Hey guys, it's Kasim here. And I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. And I think testimonials, like, what are your thoughts on testimonial videos to top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel? Do you guys have any preference as to how you use them or you use them everywhere or only in specific cases? What's your sense? I use them mostly for the middle of the funnel. What I have noticed is testimonial videos at the top of the funnel aren't great for customers that aren't problem aware. So some businesses, the customer at the top of the funnel is problem aware. And that's usually if you've got a really linear offering that everybody knows about. I'm shopping for a car, for instance. You're more or less problem aware. I can put a testimonial video in front of you. If it's a SaaS product, let's say you've got a customer. Uh, I've actually got a buddy who's building this right now. He's building a, a software solution that helps companies onboard their clients with greater ease. And for that, you as a business owner probably don't know that's a problem for you. So if I start putting testimonials in front of you, it's just not going to land the same way. Right. So I like them. If they're problem aware, they're great. But if they're not problem aware, then put them at the middle of the funnel because now I've learned a little bit and now I'm skeptical. And the other thing that we've noticed, we had Ian Garlic, who's been on this show. We paid Ian to put together a bunch of testimonial videos for us. Dude, I've never had higher performing media ever. They're amazing. And to a point that Ian's made to me, like I didn't fly videographers out to my clients' offices. Ian's team hopped on Zoom with them 
and just did Zoom interviews. The backgrounds aren't professional. The video from the customers, I mean, the video is great because Ian's team did it. It's a professionally produced video, but the media, the production value is raw. And because it's raw, I think it performs better. You can tell it's a real, it's a real person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was hoping you were going to say that. We actually, in this case, we do use a testimonial mashup on top of Funnel, which makes it interesting, but it's a little bit different how it's mm. done. Usually, testimonials work great. We have another type of video, and this is the testimonial mashup, which we'll talk about here today, but the love sandwich video, which is basically pitch sandwich in a couple of quick testimonials and then product pitch put in some more testimonials product pitch at the end call to action that's mm. that video formula and what we found is that does work really well for your product aware your solution aware audience but it also surprisingly works well at top of funnel mm. so we never limit ourselves we typically will say yes use testimonials on level two through level four traffic, typically level two and level three, which is level one is they don't know who you are yet. This is cold traffic. This is your lookalike audiences. This is your targeted audiences. You put in your exclusions and people who have visited your website and customers and leads and everything else that goes along with that. Level two is people who have engaged with you in a way, sh shape, or form. So maybe they've watched a percentage of your video. Maybe they've clicked one of your ads and landed on your landing page. They've gone no further. Level two is usually where we'll insert a testimonial video in most cases, because now they are somewhat our solution aware. They are down that funnel so that we can now talk about that we've piqued their interest through some other type of media, but usually it's that level two traffic is where we insert the love sandwich videos, the testimonial mashup videos. In this case, I think we just stumbled on it. We started to use it <laughs> on level one. We're like, wow, this is actually really working. So hard and fast rules in advertising, I think, are dangerous sometimes. But I think having and guardrails as to where you use what, I think, is a smart thing. But yeah, I mean, there's formulas. Like we have ad templates for basically all levels of traffic. And like I mentioned, somebody who adds to cart but abandons cart. We have five or six different just ways in which we'll talk to them. Did you forget it? We're still here. Did you forget something? And it'll show the picture of it. It'll be a dynamic product ad if it's an e-commerce store. So there's certain templates that will work deeper in the funnel and then higher up in the funnel as well. And we just sort of rely on that experience because we were in so many different industries just like you guys are. And customers come to us for customer acquisition and lifetime value at the end of the day. We tend to sort of rely on those templates. But if you don't have testimonials from your customers, I think you are missing out. Really? Radio might be the most important media you can have. Yeah. Because it works for everything. You know, yeah, it goes in your paid media, but also goes in your website. It goes across all your social channels. It should be inside of your email nurture. Your sales team should have it for follow-up calls. Mm -hmm. Put them in your email signature. Like, that's the it's where the rubber meets the road it's oh hey by the way my product or service really works and here's a real human telling you about it and it's not me telling you how great i am it's someone else telling you yeah. how great i am and it doesn't have to be scripted like it it, it doesn't have to be professional it doesn't have to be post-production wise anything all that great if you go to our website right now i guarantee you you will be retargeted with one of our testimonial ads <laughs> like we use it we have five of them and we did it through a service called getbravo.com, 
where you actually email them or text them and it actually clicks open. And then it's super simple. You can give them a script of what to say, just bullets. It's a great service. Getbravo.com. We'll leave links in the show notes for that. And we'll leave a link to in the show notes for Ian's company as well. Yeah, okay, he's a good dude. The name of his company, by the way, Kasim? Video Case Story. Video Case Story. I think it's videocasestory.com, if memory serves. Yeah, like I said, we're, we'll leave links in the show notes. We just like him. We're, uh, but this is powerful. This is really yeah. powerful. If you don't have a testimonial, definitely check out both of those resources there. So yeah, so that's, so that's this week's case study. We refer to the framework that we used in this whole thing as the customer, customer acquisition amplification, or it's a, it's a template that we use, which layers in the creative lab, which we talked about, the deep dive research, traffic harmonizer, as well as conversion architecture. Maybe we'll leave a link in the show notes to, to get people to download that graphic, Kasim, because it's really, it's a framework that our entire team uses as guideposts to which part of it will deploy with different customers. And it has some tips and tricks in there that remind people of a lot of the marketing basics that we covered in today's case study. Yeah. And dude, I don't know that I'd call them basics, to be honest with you. I think you dropped some pretty advanced pearls here. So this was awesome. Yeah. So we will leave links in the show notes as well. And if you want to grab a copy of the customer acquisition amplification super system, we will leave links for that as well. Kasim, you're going to be next up on the next case study. Can't wait for that. I've been doing the all the talking high, here Ralph, today. I can't follow this. No, I've seen some of your uh, some of your case studies. They're pretty good. So can't wait for that one. Thank you for listening and make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. Let us know what we can do better. Head on over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active, although I'm getting more and more active on Twitter. And Kasim, I know you're pretty active over on Twitter at Kasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And uh, like I said, all resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 